Welcome to The Pursuit of Life, where we share inspirational and action-focused stories to help you live a life of adventure. Proudly presented by Knightswood House. Now, please welcome your host, David Hazelwood. Hi, and welcome to The Pursuit of Life. This is episode number three, and my name's Dave Hazelwood. I'm excited to have you joining me today, because today we're meeting my special guest, Sophie Smith. I was introduced to Sophie this year by a friend who thought she'd be a great guest to interview. Sophie is the co-founder of the charity Running for Premature Babies, which has raised over $3 million to purchase life-saving equipment that's helped more than 4,000 babies born prematurely. She's the author of the book Sophie's Boys, Wife of Ash and the Mother of Henry, Jasper, Evan, Owen and Harvey. She's also one of the toughest and most inspirational people I've ever had the privilege of meeting. Have you ever thought about raising money for a cause, but struggled to work out where to start, or felt embarrassed by the thought of asking people for money? Today we're talking about Sophie's experiences and how she's been the catalyst for raising much-needed funds simply by bringing people together and providing them with a way of giving back to a cause that is close to their heart. Grab the tissues for this episode because you might need them. I know I did. For all the resources and tools mentioned in this episode, visit the show notes at www.knightswood.com.au forward slash episode three. Now, let's get into the interview. So today on the podcast, we have Sophie Smith, who is the co-founder of Running for Premature Babies. She's also the author of the book Sophie's Boys that was released earlier this year. Um, And I've been really looking forward to having a chat with you, Sophie. So thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Now, obviously, there's um, there's a lot of things that are, we're going to talk about today, but um, I want to take you way back to when you were uh, just a kid yourself, and I want to ask you, what did you want to be when you grew up? <laughs> what did I want to be when I grew up? Um, I always wanted, I always loved babies and children, and I always wanted to do something to do with babies and children. Wow. When I was little, and then I ended up, I actually ended up being a, um, and I remember actually when I was little, and I'd say that to people, and people would always sort of laugh and say, "Oh, <laughs> how disappointing!" So you know, I sort of felt like there was general disappointment by my ambition to want to do something with children. But then I did actually um, become a primary school teacher, so um, you know, I, I did end up uh, doing something to do with children. Oh wow. And now, obviously, your uh, your day job now is a long way removed from that. And, um... Absolutely, yes. Like, yes, it's to do with um, saving the lives of tiny, tiny and sick babies. So yeah. <laughs> I guess there's still a link. <laughs> um, yeah, certainly is the link there, isn't there? So what, but what does your day job involve these days? I mean, obviously, you're... You're the head of running for premature babies, but yes. um, what we, does that? We actually, although we've been going for 12 years as a running group, so for the first 11 years, I was a, I was running a or organising a running group and raising money for the Royal Hospital for Women. But as of this time last year, we're now a registered uh, charity with the uh, well, a registered Australian charity with DGR status of our own. And so now I am the managing director of the Running for Premature Babies Foundation. So I'm learning 
a lot as I go. It's all, you know, a lot of, of my job now is actually quite new to me, but most of what I do is actually what I have been doing for the last 12 years, which is organizing people to participate in uh, running events. Um, I organize, my main event is the Sydney Morning Herald Half Marathon. So we have the biggest team in the Sydney Morning Herald Half Marathon. Um, this year we had 440 runners on my team. Wow. Um, so my, my, my day job is really um, organizing my running teams, motivating people to fundraise, um, liaising with uh, corporate sponsors, um, writing. I send out newsletters to my team weekly. So I write a weekly newsletter. I um, deal with my, you know, with huge databases and I'm just, a lot of the time is taken up just managing, managing the team. Um, we have different events. So this weekend I'm flying up to Brisbane to run the Brisbane Marathon Festival. We have a team up there supporting the Royal Brisbane and Women's Hospital. And then next weekend we have a team in the city to surf in Sydney um, supporting the Royal Hospital of Women. And then two weeks after that we've got our Running for Premature Babies Kids Fun Run, which we hold around my triplets birthday each year to support the Royal Hospital for Women. So I'm just busy organizing um, people really trying to motivate people to support running for premature babies um, and to inspire them to take on running, um, you know, uh, take on challenges um, and to use that uh, to not just for your own gain, but also to use it to, to help um, sick and premature babies. Well, and a lot of our a lot of our runners, when they first join running for premature babies, they aren't they are self-professed non-runners. So then, you know, non-runners who then decide that they will train and 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 complete a half marathon. Um, the motivation being that they want to support running for premature babies, and that's really exciting to turn non-runners into runners. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, I mean, the interesting thing for me is that um, you know, kind of where you are now has obviously developed over 12 years. And, you know, when, um, you know, we can talk about people starting to run as well. And, you know, you're talking about people who are self-professed non-runners and they look at someone who's been running for 12 years and training and all the rest of it and they think, I could never be like them. Yeah. And people looking at um, kind of the, the charity work that you do kind of see where you're at now and they don't see where you started and all the, the growth and the hard work and things like that that have gone into that. And so you've kind of grown into this role. So I'm really interested to, to kind of hear about the early stages and, and how it all came about, how it all started and what, what's happened over that time. Yeah, so I, 12 years ago when we started running for premature babies, I had no, well, my goal was, which I thought was a big goal, was to raise $20,000 for the Royal Hospital for Women so that they could, uh, by one new humidity crib in memory of our, our babies who had recently died. And um, I, I absolutely, I mean, I, I absolutely had no idea back then that 12 years later we'd be a registered Australian charity having raised $3 million um, and giving premature babies a better chance of survival. It, all, it was sort of organic. It just grew. So it all began in 2000 and well, I guess in late 2006. In 2006, my husband Ash and I um, became parents for the first time three times over to triplets. 
Henry, Jasper and Evan. And um, tragically, our little boys arrived frighteningly early. Um, Henry was born at 21 weeks, which is too early for medical intervention to save him. He lived for just one hour. And actually today is Henry's 12th birthday. Wow. So it's a special day for me today. Um, and then Evan and Jasper were born through to Henry at 24 weeks. Um, at which stage they were given a 20, a 50% chance of survival. Um, and tragically, although huge efforts were made to save their lives and um, everything was done to try and save them, they didn't survive. Evan lived for 10 days and died from a brain hemorrhage and Jasper lived for 58 days before he, um, uh, yeah, it was all, he, he suffered from chronic lung disease and, and he couldn't um, fight on anymore after 58 days. So we lost him then in October, on October the 16th, 2006. And it was about a month later when um, Ash and I were talking about how, about our experience with each other and, and, and how much, um, how our lives were richer for having been parents to Henry, Jasper and Evan, but also how we, how when they were in hospital, we realized that much of the specialized equipment keeping them alive was donated and that we had been very surprised to learn that the hospital relies on fundraising for 70% of the equipment in the unit. And so um, we decided that it, it, as a way to honor our boys and um, to give something back to the hospital who had cared for them, we wanted to raise $20,000 for a humidity crib because we knew they needed some upgraded humidity cribs. And, um, and then it was actually Ash. Ash and I used to run together. Um, I mean, I was never a competitive runner or, or, or um, certainly not a half marathon runner, but we used to run together for fun. Um, and we used to run the city to surf every year together. And uh, Ash suggested, said, to me why don't we train for the Sydney Morning Herald half marathon so this was, this was probably in November and the mar half marathon was coming up in May and um, he said let's let's do the half marathon let's see if we can get some people to join us and we'll raise $20,000 and that will be our way of doing something you know in Henry Jasper and Evan's name so that's really how it started I had no intention then of of, of it becoming anything more and then it was only because um, of the amazing response that was then that, that then we received, but I start, I made a little flyer and I put it out in our few local cafes and, and, and restaurants and things around Kuchi and um, with my telephone number on. I mean, it was all sort of you know twelve years ago. I, it was all sort of you know pre Facebook days and stuff. And um, and I um, was so amazed when my phone started ringing and people, random people started phoning me and, and saying, you know, I, I picked up your flyer. I'd love to join your team. And um, we ended, the first person who rang me was actually a woman called Haley, who rang me to say that she just picked up my flyer. And 10 years earlier, she had had um, prematurely born twins called Olivia and Maisie, and they had died um, in their first hours, they died straight after birth. And she said that their 10th birthday was coming up around the time of the half marathon. And she had been always wanted to do something in Olivia and Maisie's name and had never found anything to do. And suddenly she found this flyer and she said, could I please join your team? And could I run in memory of my daughters? And, and I was so amazed and touched and, and, and delighted that, that this could also be about Olivia and Maisie as well as Henry Jasper and Evan. And then, um, 
more and more people joined and people contacted me to say that they'd had that their child had been born prematurely at the Royal Hospital for Women and they wanted to join my team to, to help you know others be as lucky as they've been um, and then many people rang me would ring me just to say I've picked up your flyer I've never run before but I would really love to to join you and 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 do this take up this challenge and so on the it was the 20th of May 2007 um, I was at the start line with a team of 98 runners and yes. we, ended up, <laughs> we ended up raising $80,000 which um, of course totally smashed our fundraising target out of the out of the, uh, <laughs> the, water. <laughs> the water and um, we ended up buying the hospital was able to buy four new humidity cribs that year and then the next year we just found ourselves doing it all over again and and more and more people were putting up their hands to um to help we suddenly um had a a, a mandy sullivan jones a local exercise physiologist offered to train the team um, for nothing. And um, one of uh, Stuart Fagg, uh, who had had a premature baby and had joined me in that first year, um, asked me if he could make me a website. And uh, the local trophy shop said that they would provide a, a trophy for my fastest runners. And um, Running Bear, the, the, the clothes store, um, winner of Running Bear, Lander, had actually been in hospital with her daughter who was born prematurely at the same time that we were there with our sons and, um, and her daughter had survived. And she then, you know, contacted me and said, I'd like to provide your team with their uniform. And, you know, all these people just came out of nowhere and, and, and everybody seemed to be rallying around to help. And so suddenly everything snowballed and, and we got bigger and bigger. And um, yeah, now we've had, approximately 2,500 people have run with me and um, we've raised yeah, now $3 million. Wow. So um, it's, it's been, it's quite amazing sometimes when I stop and reflect back to how we began and, and how we grew and, and um, you know, we, we have for many years now been the biggest team in the Sydney Morning Herald Half Marathon. We raise a massive chunk of their entire fundraising this year, just gone on the 20th of May, actually this year, it was on the 20th of May again. Um, they, the entire event raised, which was, um, I think it's about 200 charities raised just over $1 million. And of that $1 million, my team and my very small charity raised $360,000 of their wow. So yeah, it's quite amazing. And, and it all happens because um, it's all the individual runners who, who, all I ask is that everybody who runs on my team tries to raise at least $200. So it's not a huge um, fundraising commitment to be a part of the team. And then together, um, yeah, it's incredible how much is, how much is raised. Hi, it's Dave here with a quick word from our sponsor. Knightswood House is a financial advisory firm that specialises in working with successful business professionals who share a passion for endurance sports. People often come to us for one of three reasons. One, you aren't where you thought you'd be financially at this point in your life. Two, you seem to have no time to get a proper handle on your finances. Or three, you may be annoyed that you're paying so much for life insurance to protect yourself and your family, but you're fitter and healthier than the average punter and you wonder why it should cost you so much. 
Underlying all of this is often a concern that you may be wasting your opportunities and not maximising all of your hard work. We've got a five-step process we'll take you through which will help you develop a plan that you're confident will get you to where you want to be financially, simplify your affairs and take much of the hassle off your hands, and show you how you can be rewarded for looking after yourself and your family. For more details, head to knightswood.com.au. Okay, back to the show. Yeah, well, I mean, having run it a few times myself and seen all the, the purple singlets, <laughs> it's, um, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's really exciting, actually, of seeing that. You know, I love running that event, and, and you, you're never far from another purple singlet. And yeah. even my purple singlets are sort of becoming quite sort of infamous around um, Sydney. Um, and a lot, a lot of people, you know, say, oh, are you the purple team? <laughs> that color. And, and purple is, of course, the color of prematurity. So it's a, um, it's a fitting color for our team. Yeah, okay. Now, though, with, um, with your running and things like that, obviously you've gone and done a lot of other things yourself. Um, and I know you and, uh, and Ash ran, um, ran a number of marathons as well. I mean, what, given, you know, the charity work and things like that, I mean, what inspires you to keep running now? Oh, running again, it was something I, I had never realized, I hadn't, you know, I hadn't, I'd, we didn't start running in order to, um, help our, our, our heal I guess from our, our, the tragedy of losing our babies but um I found running really running I think um saved me and helped me through the darkest times and um uh yeah I I, I as I say I was never really a I mean I ran a bit for fun but when after our babies died and I started training it was it really helped me to it helped lift my spirits and it helped me to sort of i don't know be able to process stuff when i run running is sort of like my meditation um again after ash died um i was really not fit at all when ash died because um oh i don't know if i've jumped ahead there by saying that ash died mm -hmm. ash um my husband ash died two and a half years ago um from brain cancer and um after he died um, I found running really helped me again. Um, I love, love running. Um, I love, I love the camaraderie of running with my team. I've made fantastic friends through running for premature babies. Um, I also like running by myself. It clears my head. And, and as I say, it's a, it's a bit of a sort of meditation for me. But, um, sorry, I completely forgot what your question was. There was something about. <laughs> Yeah, what yeah, what motivates you to keep going? Well, absolutely, one hundred percent. What motivates me to keep going is Henry, Jasper, and Evan, and now Ash. Like I, running for premature babies is about them. It, and I'm so I feel so lucky that I was able to find something uh, which means that I've been able to bring my children with me. Um, Henry, Jasper, and Evan aren't just a part of my past; they're a part of my present because of running for premature babies. And um, definitely when I'm out running and I feel like I can't go another step or I'm too tired or I can't be bothered today, I just haven't got my mojo with me, then I just think about the three little tiny life-size sets of handprints that are on my back 
um, on, of our running for premature baby shirts, we have Henry Jasper and Evans handprints. And I think about their handprints pushing me on. And I, and then I also think about the struggle of premature babies, um, just to breathe, just to, to, you know, their struggle to live. And I think if I think about the 58 days that Jasper fought to live and i think of that you know the superhuman effort it took for this tiny little 700 gram baby um to fight on for 58 days and absolutely it gives me all the inspiration i need to keep going and think well another five kilometers or however much further i've got to go or just this hill really it pales in comparison and so yeah it's really the um them that inspires me yeah wow and obviously you know the the beauty about your your work too is that it inspires so many other people and also gives them a chance to um uh or yeah from what from what i understand it gives a lot of other people the chance to go and honor their children their their friends family and so on yeah i think again again that's something that sort of um that I've realized that has come with running for premature babies is that when, well, certainly with baby loss, losing a baby is very, is a, can be a, well, is a very lonely journey because in our society, uh, baby loss is a subject with, which is people find so difficult to, to talk about. And it's a subject that's essentially taboo. And when you lose a baby, um, people just, I find it very difficult to know how to respond to such a tragedy and and people often find it difficult to even say your baby's name and um but for a parent who's lost a baby there's nothing more beautiful than hearing your baby's name and you want to hear your baby's name spoken and running for premature babies has has is just you know so happened that it's turned it, it's it's enabled given people the opportunity to speak their baby's name and it's given family and friends of somebody who's lost a baby an opportunity to do something in that baby's name so we have teams within our team i mean this year we had so many teams within the team of uh, in memory of other babies um for example there's a little girl called Ab- abigail who uh, was born and died at 23 weeks about five years ago and her parents and have and their extended family run with us every year for Abigail. They have Abigail, there's Abigail's parents, siblings, cousins, aunts. Um, There's the whole extended family, there's about 20 of them that come together every year to run in Abigail's name. And I know that that's um, helped the whole family to be able to celebrate Abigail and um, and remember her by doing something to give other premature babies a better chance. And and we have many, um, many teams like that within the team. And also, um, a couple of years ago, a, a young man rang me about a week out of the half from the half marathon. And I didn't know this, but he rang me up in tears because his girlfriend's sister had just had a baby who had, who was stillborn. And, um, he rang me and said that he wanted to run the Sydney Morning Herald half marathon for his girlfriend's sister's baby and, and the baby had only just died and so I managed to get him because for anyone who's running for a baby who's died or for a child who's survived their prematurity we arrange um, a, their name to be printed the baby's name or the child's name to be printed on the back of their shirts so I rushed a shirt um, two shirts for this guy and his girlfriend uh, to run in their 
niece's name. And I know that that helped them in their time of grief, that they were, when you feel so helpless, I know, you know, that fa the family of, um, if, if, if a family member loses a baby, you feel so helpful as a family member because you want to be able to support that person and, and, and comfort them. And yet there's nothing you can say to make this, to make this better. In fact, you know, there is nothing you can say to make it better. And, but then people have felt that by being able to then run in a special shirt with a, that baby's name proudly printed on their back and to raise money that's going to help other um, premature babies have a better chance um, um, makes them feel like they're able to do something positive and supportive. Yeah, wow. I mean, I, I'd never even considered just the fact of being able to say your baby's name. I think because uh, it's a, essentially, it is really a taboo subject to talk about dead babies. It's just too hard. People don't want to hear. People don't want to know. It's, it's not nice. And yet when your baby's died, you feel quite sort of, a, often you can. I mean, I've got, again, I can't speak on behalf of anybody else. But, but um, just from my experience, um, you can feel quite alienated because people are scared. People sort of don't want to come near you because they're scared they don't know what to say they don't want to upset you but they don't want to say the wrong thing and and so um and and definitely the name um baby the the, the name of your child the other day well actually it was a few months ago I was at the Royal Hospital for Women and um I was at a function there and I was talking to a woman who must have been in her 60s and we were talking about the newborn intensive care unit and she said oh 40 years ago my first born child um, daughter was in the newborn intensive care unit and only lived for two days. And there was a few people around and, and people were asking questions. And then I said, what's her name? And this woman looked at me and there was sort of a, she looked quite taken aback and there was sort of a pause. And then she just looked at me and she didn't know my story. She looked at me and then this sort of smile came across her face and she said, I, I, I can't actually remember what the actual name of the child was, but just say Jane. She said, Jane. And then she looked at me and there was a pause and she said, aren't you lovely for asking? As if she hasn't actually said her daughter's name in public for a long time. Because it's almost like you don't, sometimes you feel like you're not really allowed to. You don't feel like you have permission to. Um, because it's something that's from a long time ago and that, you know, it's, you've got plenty of other children now. And, but actually as a mother, that child is just as important and real to you as all of your living children. Um, I mean, you know, it's Henry's birthday today and I have my, you know, two boys next door, my living children. And, and Henry is just as real to me as, as Owen and Harvey as Jasper and Evan are too. Um, so yeah, but it, that's something that's not, I, I didn't set out, you know, to do this, but it's just something that I found interesting along the way is that it has attracted other people have come to the team because they want to um, honour babies who have died. And I think that it's a really lovely way because yeah. you're honouring a baby, you're, you're, you're using the name of that child to help other babies um, who, you know, to give them a better chance. And, and, and it's really lovely to know that, you know, you're, baby's legacy can be helping other babies to live. Wow. Um, 
sorry, I just I'm listening to you and I'm thinking, yeah. you know, I know my grandmother lost she lost two babies, I think. And yeah, that would have been sixty sixty odd nearly seventy years ago now. And it's just one of those things it's just it's never spoken about. Or know where no, I don't. No. I don't. No. Yeah. I no. Um, is your grandmother still alive? Yeah, she is. Well, I, I, yeah. I don't know. I mean, obviously, every everybody's different, but and and you know, things were done very differently back then. I I would, I would, yeah. I would say that your grandmother probably didn't. Did her babies die at birth? Yeah, they did. It's a, there's a very high chance that she probably wasn't even allowed to see them. Things were done yeah. differently then. Um, I feel very lucky that I live in a time when, um, when Henry was born, I was able. To, he lived for one hour, and I was able to, to love him and care for him for that hour, and 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 have him with me. And then, for, for two days after he passed away, I kept him with me, um, because that there are, there were no rules. I was just told I could do what I wanted. But I know that back in your grandmother's day, the the chances are she would have been told uh, or she would probably wouldn't have even been had the opportunity to see her baby no because it would have been thought that that was the best thing and yeah yeah, yeah. well wow. but um yeah maybe um if you feel it right you could ask her what what their names were yeah um but um yeah things and things change uh, the, the things have changed since 2006 for the better today as well. I know that um, there were things that that, um, that I think should have been done differently, which today are done differently from back then. So I think, you know, we're, we're always <laughs> getting better. Yeah, we're always learning, aren't we? Um, so what, um, I know you've got you know, Brisbane this weekend, City to Surf, and then um, and the kids, the Running for Premature Babies Kids Fun Run, later on this month as well. Um, are you running in all of, well, presumably not the kids run, but are you running in all of those yourself? Uh, yes, I'm running in, 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 I'm running the, the half marathon this weekend. I'm running City to Surf. But actually, I'm doing the City to Surf with my kids as well. Oh, well. Um, so I'll be doing, I'll be, just be you know, walking, running that one. And the Kids Fun Run, I, I organise that and my kids participate in it. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And what's your, are you, because um, I know you've done some of the big overseas marathons as well. I mean, have you got any other big challenges lined up that you're? Um... Um, well, we did do, um, uh, with, running, with Running for Premature Babies, we've done New York Marathon in 2016. That was our, to celebrate our 10th year of Running for Premature Babies and Henry Jasper and Evan's 10th birthdays. We, um, we took a team of 17 runners to New York to run the marathon. Um, that was something that Ash and I had talked about years ago, um, probably four or five years ago. We had been talking about, you know, what we would do when Henry Jasper and Evan were 10 and running for premature babies was 10. We should do something big and something different. And so we had decided that for the 10th year, we wanted to double the size of our, our team in the half marathon. And we would go to New York and run the full marathon. But then, sadly, Ash um, had a recurrence of his brain cancer. Um, and and then he, yeah, everything went wrong for Ash. And then Ash actually died three months before our 10th 
half marathon. And then after he died, I decided that I definitely wanted to go ahead with the New York idea and run the New York marathon and take a team over there. So we did that in November 2016, which was absolutely just the best way to, um, to celebrate 10, 10 years of running for premature babies. My book that I recently um, had published, Sophie's Boys, it, the final chapter of the book is the description of the New York Marathon. And it was really, for personally for me, it's just absolutely amazing. I mean, it was my first full marathon. It was incredible. Um, and then the, the last year, 2017, we took a team to Chicago to run the Chicago Marathon, which was amazing as well. And I managed my uh, my goal I wanted to run a PB I wanted to come in under four hours and I came in 359 uh, sorry 35938 <laughs> so I was absolutely delighted about that and then um, this year we aren't doing a full marathon um, next year I, I have my eye on the Gold Coast marathon because we are now and now that we're a registered charity one of my reasons for wanting to set up running for premature babies as a charity is because um, I want to expand our reach. I want to support more hospitals with newborn intensive care units. I want to fund more groundbreaking research, provide more life-saving equipment and ensure more parents get to take their babies home. So um, we are now supporting a hospital in Brisbane, a newborn intensive care unit up there. And we have a team of, of Brisbane locals running there. But for next year, I know the Brisbane, we're doing the Brisbane Marathon Festival, which I don't think is a particularly sought after um, running festival. Whereas I know the Gold Coast is a very you know, exciting event that people come from all over the country. And so, yep. and also I was thinking if we do the Gold Coast uh, Marathon and Half Marathon, then anybody who comes from Sydney to participate with running for premature babies in that event, we can direct the fundraising from Sydney people to a Sydney hospital and then the fundraising from Brisbane or Queensland people to a Queensland hospital so that money, uh, so that your money can go to the hospital in your, where you live. In your area. And, yeah. and then um, my, uh, I'm also filling out the paperwork at the moment to get authority to fundraise in Western Australia. And I'm hoping to um, liaise with a hospital in Perth with a newborn intensive care unit to get a team up and running in Perth next year. So um, we'll always, our, our, our signature event, as I say, is really the Sydney Morning Herald half. Our main, the main beneficiary of our funds um, is the Royal Hospital for Women. But um We've already started branching out and I'm hoping that maybe, you know, within five years we'll have uh, teams in every capital city raising money for hospitals in every, in every state and territory. And, and we've, I'm excited because we've actually just signed up Wendy Moore, who is a judge on house rules. There was the finals from last night. Um, so, and she's also the editor of Home Beautiful magazine. Uh, she's also the mum of prematurely born twins and she has just signed up as our, our running for Petrol babies ambassador which is really exciting and she um you know will help raise our profile and help us to to, wow. to sort of grow and reach more hospitals and i know yeah the the growth is something that you are really focused on i remember you um you know you're talking about that and one of the things we you touched on earlier was this need to kind of juggle the, um, you know, all your, your runners and the, the people involved in the volunteers and also the, um, the corporate sponsors and things like that, that 
are increasingly coming on board because of the profile and and also the longevity of the you know, of the um, the organisation as well. So I suppose they're they're kind of different needs as well, aren't they? So how do you um, how do you juggle those? Uh, I just <laughs> I just muddle through. I have a great team. I have a great team. It's not just me. So I have a team of I have a committee help me and I have uh, uh, and, and they're absolutely amazing um, um, with you know the groundwork um, and then I also have a really talented board of directors of my charity um, who are uh, excellent uh, you know give me a lot of advice and and support so um, yeah I just uh, I just sort of I, I am, yeah. I, I just do as best I can, um, as best I can with the, the time that I have. Okay, so yeah, I mean the the way that I'm I'm understanding that then is that basically you might be the um, the prime motivator and the prime driver, but essentially your one of your biggest abilities is the ability to go and motivate other people and to uh, to draw in people with the the expertise that you need. Well, maybe I don't know. I'm I'm quite good at. <laughs> I think I'm quite good at um, getting people involved. Yeah, um, and uh, I think I don't know. Maybe because I'm not a particularly, you know, I'm I'm not a brilliant runner. So I guess I can sort of and and you know inspire people to be able to believe that they can, you know, come on board and and achieve. And um, I mean. I'm really grateful for that. You know, people have supported. There've been people and, and companies who've supported us since the beginning, who, of course, had no idea where we were going to. Like Running Bear, I mean, they came on board right at the beginning with no expectation for that, that they were going to get anything back. You know, for their for their generosity, um, and they've stuck with us, and um, and they are, um, you know, just purely out of the generosity, and because they believed in. The cause, because of course the equipment that was there helped save the life of little Zara Bella, the daughter of the owner of Running Bear. Um, so they, they they believed in the cause, and um, and I think you know as we get bigger, it's quite exciting to now see that that um, people want to support us because they see it as a as a um, you know we're a we're, we're a big charity, well not a big charity, we're a very small charity, but we're a big. Uh, uh, presence in the Sydney Morning Herald Half Marathon and um, we have achieved, you know, we've raised a lot of money and um, we raised, you know, so much of the entire fundraising of that event. Um, so, yeah, it's exciting. I mean, but but I just, I, I just want to, my, my, you know, my prime motivator for doing this is to, to help other families and, um yeah, I, I hope <laughs> I can achieve that. I don't, you know, I, I'm obviously a, trained as a primary school teacher. I'm not, a, um, I'm not in marketing. I'm not in, you know, um, whatever, PR, but um, I'm just le- I've just learned as I've gone. But I think it's the, the authenticity of that as well. I mean, yeah, having, having walked in the same shoes as people who are going through that and the the honesty, the generosity, the openness about what you've experienced and you know, as and also providing a focal point for for people where, you know, as I said, my grandmother would never in her wildest dreams would there be anything like this. And yet and you know, 
those um, yeah the lady from from Running Bear, the lady you know from Coogee from the cafe who said you know it's kind of the tenth anniversary and there was nothing around that allowed them to go on and honour their children. I think part of the success maybe also is because it is my personal story and I, and I am the you know I'm, and I'm driving the charity so it's um I think it just makes I think because of the personal touch you know like sometimes I mean I do have people helping me and and I sometimes I'm really busy and and people say oh you should let somebody else do this you know let it go you've got to delegate and so let someone else do your social media for example but I, I really feel strongly that I don't want the certain things I won't let go of like I won't let someone else do my social media because the, the my social media po- posts are personal because they're about my story like for example this morning I posted a photo of me with Henry um saying it was Henry's birthday or when I went into the unit, the newborn intensive care unit last week and how I felt going into that unit and how I felt seeing the running for premature babies funded equipment, helping to keep alive. I saw a baby who weighed 480 grams last week. I've never seen such a small baby who survived using our equipment and without that special piece of equipment that was, that was, um, Oh, my internet's gone funny. Because of the special piece of equipment keeping this baby alive that was a running for premature babies funded, this baby would not have survived. And I wanted to be able to explain that and share that and share my how that made me feel and thanking, you know, all of my sponsors, all of our sponsors, all of our runners for that because of their fundraising, this, you know, here I saw this baby. And I think that that makes it more powerful that I'm able to 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 share that as somebody who has lost a baby and, you know, Henry, Jefferson and Evan are the, um, the inspiration behind running for premature babies. So, so for me as their mum, it's, it's my job to, 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 to keep that inspiration. And, um, it's the same with my weekly newsletters. I want to write those myself for exactly the same reason. It's the same when, when I go to meet a corporate sponsor, I, I, wherever possible, I want to go myself rather than sending one of my volunteers because I want to make that connection because I think it's more, it's powerful because it's my story. Not saying that, I mean, my, my volunteers are amazing and, and they are capable and they are, you know, fantastic. But I think that just keeping it real, you know, is, is, is important. Yeah. Okay. Now I'm conscious of your time and, um, yeah, and obviously you have a busy schedule as well. So there's a couple more questions that I want to ask you before we wrap up. So the first one is what's your guilty secret? What's something you know you should do, but never seem to get around to? <laughs> what work-wise? Or what, what... <laughs> oh my God. I wish you, I wish you told me about these in advance. <laughs> then I wouldn't get a straight answer. <laughs> What do I wish I could? What? Um, what's your guilty secret? What's something you know you should do but never seem to get around to doing? Cleaning my house. <laughs> Folding the laundry. Fold, actually, no, no, I do clean my house. I do clean my house. But one thing I don't do is make my bed. I never make my bed. I don't see – it's not really a guilty secret. I actually think it's a waste of time because you're only going to get back into it again that night. So what is the point in making it? The other thing I, I, I never do, which – is uh, yeah, fold up my my lawn. I always have a huge pile of clean clean laundry that's coming from outside, just sitting in a pile. <laughs> but life's too short to fold the laundry. Oh, exactly <laughs> right. 
Okay. Um, now, the last question I'm going to ask, and it's um, it's a challenge for you to put out there to the listeners of this podcast. And so, basically, it can be um, it can be something around training. It can be something around, um, I suppose, the the way that you live and, and things like that. But if if you could put out a challenge for the listeners, something they can do this week that will make a difference to them whether it's to their, to their training, to their lives in general, what would that be? Uh, well, I would say it's a little sort of thing is if you're struggling with, what, with whatever, to take a moment to think about what you're grateful for and think about what, you, what you're grateful for and that helps to change your mindset. Gratitude is is something that I think helps. And that's helped you a lot from, yeah, I was reading the, the article that a lady wrote after an interview in Perth with you recently. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah. Gemma talked yeah. about Yeah. Yeah. No, that's fantastic. Thank you. In terms of sort of keeping, trying to change your mindset if you're struggling with negativity. Yeah. Okay. No, that's great. Thank you. And look, thanks for your time today, Sophie, too. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So a big thanks to Sophie Smith for being an amazing guest on the show this week. You can find out more about Sophie in the show notes at www.knightswood.com.au forward slash episode three and at runningforprematurebabies.com. Just as a postscript too, I ran with the as part of the Running for Premature Babies team in this year's City to Surf, and with their shirt on the on my back, I ran to a big PB. If you like this interview, please share it with a friend. We'd also love you to give us some feedback, so rate the episode on iTunes and tell us what you thought. And if there's a special guest you'd like to hear on the show in future, let us know and we'll do our best to get them on. Thanks for joining us today. I'm Dave Hazelwood, and you've been listening to The Pursuit of Life. Thank you for listening to The Pursuit of Life. To learn more about how Knightswood House can help you live your life of adventure whilst planning your future, visit knightswood.com.au.